Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's just jump right in today. You know, the only time the disciples asked to be taught, they ask a lot of things of Jesus, but the only time they asked to be taught in the Gospels comes to us in Luke chapter 11. And they ask to be taught to pray. And Jesus responds by giving them a very brief prayer and then telling them a parable or a story. And I've always found it fascinating that they ask him how to pray. Because they had seen Jesus teach in the synagogues and fields. They had seen what he was doing in regards to miracles and healing. And then when it comes time to be taught something, they ask prayer. This is significant. They don't ask to be taught better behavior or to multiply ministry, or to see the future, or to have insights into long-term strategic planning or making a budget, they ask to be taught to pray. Somehow they have come to the realization that following Jesus doesn't just mean imitating what he does and what he says. It means cultivating a relationship with God the way they observe Jesus doing it. And looking past the surface, they want something that is deep and rich. Yes, following Jesus isn't just imitating what he does or repeating what he says. But it means to develop a relationship with God in heart, in mind, and in soul. See, the disciples, they wanted to work out of that personal, relational, love-fueled center of life and work with God the way they saw Jesus doing it. So they asked very simply, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, you can search the entire Bible from beginning to end, and you're not going to find a lecture on prayer. You're not going to find any systematic instruction, no speculation in how it works, or classification that sorts out the kinds or occasions of prayer. You're just going to find people praying. Praying is what they are doing as they are preparing, as they are following, as they are living. Just people praying in a very real way to a very real God. Never apart from that. Short prayers, long prayers, prayers full of rejoicing or distress, worry, requests. It is clear that we are to pray as we live and live as we pray. This simultaneous, inseparable way of living with Jesus always in the center. Now, our text today is the second story of Jesus giving us instructions on prayer of Luke. The first was seven chapters before in chapter 11. It's the one where the friend comes and knocks on the door and says, hey, somebody's come by. I need a loaf of bread, and it's the middle of the night. And the guy's like, dude, my kids are in bed. Get out of here. And he keeps knocking, keeps knocking. And the guy's like, fine, I'm coming down. I'm giving you the bread. What we can find in this story is, yeah, there's a little bit of persistence going on. But really, the word friend is used so many multiple times. This is a story about personalness. But in our story this morning, the second story, it's very different. Here there is no emphasis on the personal. There's just a widow petitioning an indifferent judge. Now these are two stories that are linked by their persistence. They're holding on and the need to pray always and to not lose heart. Two stories that remind us that prayer is not something we just elect to do every once in a while, but it is fundamentally necessary. Not just pious interluding or something we remember to do at certain times before meals. Prayer must permeate life at all times and places. 
And so the story in Luke read just like this. Jesus told his disciples this parable. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'm going to see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, where they keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Widows in the ancient world were women without personal resources. When in need, they had to depend on the hospitality of the village. And this particular widow was in need of justice in which someone had wronged her, maybe defrauded her, we really don't know exactly. But what we do know is that she has no one rich or powerful or influential to stand up for her. Like Bon Jovi says, she was literally living on a prayer. And so naturally though, she does go to the judge and ask for his help because there are laws put in place to protect such as she and the judge's job was to enforce such laws. But the judge ignores it, just like he ignores God. Nevertheless, even out of fear of being attacked by this woman, he finally says, you know what? Okay, it's not because I care, but it's because I don't want you bothering me that here you go. This is the story we are given about prayer and not giving up. Perhaps we're tempted to think that if we just pray a little bit harder, then we can get what we want in the story. Perhaps if I just prayed more, if I had more faith, then I would get what I want. Now, I think that most people pray, maybe all people pray at one time or another, but lots of people quit. Lots of people quit praying, and really, why shouldn't they? If we don't get what we ask for, why keep at it? Why always pray and never give up? Why keep holding on every day? The shocking thing about prayer is not that, they, that people actually pray, but that some of us keep at it. Why keep praying when sometimes we have so little to show for? Why keep asking for healing if someone is never getting better? Why keep asking for a pandemic to end if we're getting no closer to it being over? Why keep asking for forgiveness if we're just going to sin again? Makes a little bit more sense when this story then ends with, will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? Will anyone still be holding on? Especially in the midst of such silence. But we have come to believe that God's silence in the face of our prayers is not due to an inadequacy on our parts. Not some glitch in the words that we're saying that can be fixed if we just get it right. We can go back through scripture and see the people praying and notice that it's a common and repeated experience among all who pray that God is silent. Especially here in the Psalms. Psalm 10, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Again in 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long, Lord, will you hide your face from me? 
How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long, Lord, will my enemy triumph over me? My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. For your sake, we face death all day long, considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, don't reject us forever. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show us his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Why, 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 how long, how long, how long? People who pray ask these questions a lot. And the significant thing is that these psalmists, our prayer or guides, they kept on praying despite the silence. Generation after generation of Jews and Christians continuing to pray and sing these same psalms, praying and singing, why, Lord, how long, Lord, through the silences and not losing heart. Why do we do it? Not because of this idea that if we hang on and pray enough, then we'll get what we want. We do it because we know who our God is and what he is like. We do it because our God is everything that the judge is not. In Jesus, God has revealed himself. He is the God who creates, the God who saves, the God who holds on to us. The God who has elected a people to give witness in word and act to his acts of creation and salvation no matter what. For he alone saves men and women who have, been, who have become lost to his ways and alienated from his love. He takes broken sinners and calls them a kingdom of priests to be a light to the world and invites them to participate in his work of baptizing and teaching and loving. We know that our God is welcoming, merciful, and rescuing. That is the real story, the truth, the promise, the revelation that after nearly 2,000 years, God is still speaking to us and involving himself in our lives and involving us in his life. All of it with real people in real places in a very personal way. God in relationship with us, personally giving us his name and turning his very own ear to our prayer, his love fueling our lives, allowing us to have hope and peace in spite of everything that we are seeing or experiencing. Because we know the whole story. Yeah, there's going to be chapters that are going to be silent. There are going to be pandemics to live through and lost to experience. But during those times, during these times, the words and the traits that we will remember for our God are steadfast love, faithfulness, blessing, forgiveness, and grace. A sketch of the evil judge in Jesus' story is everything that we know our God is not. And we know this because we have been immersed in this. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
the people of God have always encountered difficulty and loss. And yet through it all, he stands with us. Through it all, he is Emmanuel, God, with us, the shepherd who does not stop, the one who by his own death and his own resurrection has ensured that nothing will ever separate us from him. So we will keep praying, and we will not give up. In the midst of silence, feelings of loneliness, we believe that this is not indifference or lack of love, for we have a Lord, a high priest, who sympathizes with us, and more than that, overcomes our weaknesses. We say yes, that the Son of Man will find those standing in faith. Yes, we will keep praying and we will never give up, because we know who we pray to. For what is better in this life? than to enjoy the love of God and be in communion with Him. To be assured that in the midst of all trials and hardships, our God reigns. That He holds us in the palm of His hand, meets our needs, provides for us, does what only He can do. We, together, as His people, united and confident of who our God is, and what our God has done, is doing, and will continue to do for his people.